Hulk Shoes. Recorded live. I'm not 
We give thanks once again in the name of our precious Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I am Apostle Robert, pastor of the Christian Church Worldwide, Kempton, North Carolina, USA. I'd like to welcome you all once again to another edition of Speaking the Word, where sound doctrine is brought to the ears of thousands of God's saints. again in the mighty our soon coming king we thank God for the privilege to be able to come together and worship him one more time in spirit and in truth give God praise tonight. Those of you that have been worshiping with us, you know that we are working on our most recent topic. Unless God intervenes, unless God intervenes, it's it's just some situations and some circumstances. We would be in real trouble. There's some things we wouldn't make out of there's some places we wouldn't have come out of alive if God unless God intervenes we looked at capital A in our outline the importance of God on our side Psalms 124 and 2 2 Chronicles 14 and 7 looked at capital B in our outline some things remain impossible we're still talking about unless God intervenes then what some things remain Impossible. We're going to look tonight briefly at Matthew chapter 19, verse 26. Matthew chapter 19, verse 26. From the New International Version, our scripture reads,
Matthew chapter 19, verse 26 from the New Internet Version. Our scripture reads, Jesus looked at his disciples and said, with man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Once again, Matthew 19, verse 26 from the New International Version. Wow, we are having technical difficulties, children of God. I don't know if we are broadcasting. Jesus looked at his disciples and said, with man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Capital B in our outline, some things remain what? Impossible. Some things. Unless God intervenes, some things remain possible. Let us pray. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, again, we thank you. We praise you. We worship you. We honor you. You are God and beside you. There is none other. You have blessed us in various ways and in various seasons. We want to let you know that we appreciate you this evening for all that you have done. We thank you for making ways for us when there seem to be no ways. We thank you, Father, for opening doors for us that no man can close and for closing some doors that no man can open. We give you glory, honor, and praise. We pray, Father, that as we study to show ourselves approved unto you, this evening, work men and women who do not need to be ashamed, but who rightly divide your word of truth, that you give us wisdom, knowledge, and understanding, that we may go further and farther in you, that we may do those things that are pleasing in your sight. Forgive us of our sins, which we have committed in either thought, word, or deed, sins of commission or omission. Father, we ask that you continue to bring and lead us on in your paths of righteousness for your name's sake. These and all of the blessings we ask and count done in the mighty and glorious name of Jesus Christ. Let God's people say amen. Some things remain impossible. We look at Matthew chapter 19, very, very powerful chapter. Jesus deals with divorce. You know, there were misconceptions about marriage. At this particular time, just as there are misconceptions in our day, there were misconceptions, you know, that, you know, some of the Pharisees felt like that it was lawful to, for a man to divorce his wife for any and every reason. That was just how far off they had gotten. Some of you all say, ah, that's crazy. Well, you need to understand that, that, that if the Lord tarries, there are going to be generations that are going to look back maybe hundreds of years from now or thousands of years from now, if the Lord tarries, I'm just, you know, and look back at some of the decisions that we have made in our generation and say, man, what was wrong with them people? They're going to be generations of believers. If the Lord tarries, people that had the spirit of God, that are going to look back at some of the things that we have done in our lifetime, lawmakers right here in the United States, and they're going to be saying, can you imagine that before that great nation fell, they had allowed men to marry men and women to marry women? You, do you really think that God is going to allow us to continue with that kind of spiritual blindness and that kind of spiritual wickedness just being thrown right in his face? And we're supposed to be a world leader. I hope you don't. Just as we look back 
at Sodom and Gomorrah, and we can read in the scripture how thousands of years ago Sodom and Gomorrah was completely destroyed by God. And we asked the question, how could they have been so foolish? How could they have thought that that, that, that would be all right? They're going to be generations. They're going to look back at us right here, 2016, and be asking some of the same questions. Pride goeth before fall. Hardy spirit or go before destruction or hardy spirit, one or the but it goes before fall. When we get to the place where we can just, just decide we just not gonna do like God say and then and, and try to make that all right, the only other option is destruction. Jesus had to clear up the Pharisees who were the religious establishment who had gotten twisted up. See, when the religious establishment don't stick with the word, they get twisted up. And then they continue not sticking with the word. And the scripture says, evil men and imposters shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. So now they way far off. Now they don't go on for one or two, one or two, one or two reasons that, that were given or one reason that was given for divorce. Now it's in and every reason. Remember, the original Reason, the only allowable cause originally for divorce was marital unfaithfulness. Now, they saying, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any and every reason? See, that's how sin will do you. That's how sin will do you. When you get off the word and start trying to put your little two cents in, what happened, the devil, done all, the devil is, first of all, you understand, following the devil is the one that got you off the word in the first place. Now, the devil going to take you on a wild ride. So now we're going from one allowable cause, which God gave, to any and every reason which the Pharisees were saying. And these were religious leaders. This is what happened when y'all don't want to stick with the word. Or any of us don't want to stick with the word. Lest, even if we wrong, let us be able, let us be have sight enough to acknowledge that what? The word is right. The word is right. Verse 8, let me just get that. Jesus had to reply, Moses permitted you to divorce your wives because your hearts were hard. But it was not this way from the beginning. I tell you that anyone who divorces his wife, I tell you, verily, verily, or truly, truly, I tell you. Jesus would say that a lot. Why? Because there was a whole lot of craziness going on in his generation. A whole lot of crazy opinions, a whole lot of crazy doctrines whole lot of nonsensical teachings. And Jesus was a voice of reason in the midst of madness. My prayer for you under the sound of my voice is that you will be a voice of reason, reason in a generation of madness. Jesus said, I tell you. In other words, whatever that nonsense is you've been taught, you've been believing, or they've been telling you at synagogue or at the temple, at Jesus, look, 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 I tell you this. Anyone who divorces his wife except for sexual morality, that's it. There ain't nothing else. And then you don't have to do it then. But that's the only time where you got the choice where you can, as far from God's perspective, where you can divorce your wife. 
Did she? People come, ah, oh, Apostle, I think I want to divorce my wife. I think I want. Did she have sex outside of marriage? No, but, but I don't, don't need to hear it. You're wrong. I, I class, she just, she just, did she have sex outside of marriage? No, but. You, you, Except for marital sexual immorality, and marries another one, he commits adultery. He commits adultery. Well, Jesus talked powerfully on on marriage and how marriage was supposed to go, and how marriage is supposed to be. Taught on the little children and Jesus, and then he came on down and he dealt with the rich and the kingdom of God. The rich and the kingdom of God, and most of you all know this. The rich young ruler came and asked Jesus, what good thing must he do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus began listing out some things. And he was like, you know, I've been doing that. I've been doing that. I've been doing that. But then Jesus told him, you know, you're still lacking something. In fact, he said, all these I have kept. When Jesus was, you know, then the man said, what do I still lack? Now, you say, Apostle, why is that important? It's important because what we need to understand is that each one of us is lacking something. We're lacking. We're lacking something. There's some aspect of the word that we're not, you know, we're not doing like we're supposed to be doing. Now, this young man, he said, what do I Jesus said, if you want to be perfect, go sell your possessions. Now, this is not a universal command. This is what Jesus said to this young man. Some of us, God is saying, you just share more of your possessions. Some of us, God is saying, you just give more offerings. Some of us, God is saying, you just study more. Some of us, God is saying, you just quit watching so much TV. Every one of us lacks a different what? Thing. Every one of us has different weakness, different shortcomings, different... So, 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 you know, what God says to another, he may not be saying to you. Now, what you and I have to make sure we do, just like this young man did, he went to the Lord and asked him, what do I lack? My prayer for you on this... My voice is that you were in your prayer time with God. Lord, what am I lacking? What am I lacking as a father? What am I lacking as a husband? What am I lacking as a mother? What am I lacking as a wife? What am I lacking as a as a pastor, as an apostle? What am I lacking? This young man went to Jesus to find out what he was lacking. Oh, this is good stuff. The problem was not in him going to the Lord to find out what he was lacking. The problem with him, and it's the same problem God says with, with many of my people, is he went away from the Lord not planning to do anything about what he lacked. You say, Apostle, what that mean? That means every night you hear the word of God or you study the word of God, you ought to be finding out something different that you lack, that I lack. Well, the question is not whether we find out what we lack. He found out what he was lacking. Problem was he didn't have any plans to what? Do anything about what he lacked. My prayer for you, child of God, is that you will do something about what you know you lack. You'll do something about what you know is your shortcoming. You'll do something about what you know is your weakness. Jesus came on down verse 23. Young man went away sad 
because he had great wealth. And Jesus said to his disciples, truly, I tell you, it is hard for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. It's hard. It's hard. He didn't say it was impossible. He said it's hard. Well, why? Because a lot of times when individuals are rich, they feel like a lot of time, not all the time, they feel like they don't need God. Because, see, they dealing in the scene realm. And when you're rich, you got plenty of stuff in the what? Scene realm. But just because you got plenty of stuff in the scene realm don't mean you got plenty of stuff in the unseen realm. Plenty of food, plenty of clothes, plenty, 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 plenty. And, and if you're not careful, the devil will whisper in your ear and tell you, you don't need God. But what? What God going to give you that you don't already have? See, and that's a lie straight from the adversary because what you need to understand is that everything I have, God gave me. Now, I rebuke you, Satan, in the name of Jesus. What you mean what I don't need that, 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 that I don't have? I won't, I, you know, I, I ain't in heaven yet. I'm not perfect yet. I can't wake myself up in the morning. I can't keep my spirit inside of this mortal body on my own. whole lot of stuff that God got that I need. Might have a big bank account. Might have plenty of 401k. Your stocks and bonds may be on the rise. Maybe you may be a bullish market. But you better understand out there under the sound of my voice. There's a whole lot of stuff that we don't have that only God can give us. Jesus said again, I tell you, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. Why? Because they trust in, in earthly kingdoms. Normally, they don't trust in the earthly kingdom. They don't trust in what they got right here. And if you're not careful, individuals, see, you got to take by faith that God has something better than right here. Now, you know, don't get me wrong. I, I love my life. Thank God for my life. Appreciate it, you know, God, and especially with Jesus. But I know God got something better. Jesus said, if it were not so, I would have what? I would have told you. God said, in my father's house, there are many mansions or many rooms. If it were not so, he would have told you. God has got something better. I don't care how sweet your life is. It cannot be compared. I don't care what you have, what God may have blessed you with or what the adversary may have enticed you with. God has got something even. Listen, God has got something even better than what he has given us in this life. In the next life, he got something even better. And you got to take that by faith. And when you start taking that by faith, then death won't be so. You won't see death as being such a scary thing, such a. Because huh. to be present in the body is to be absent from the Lord. And to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Death for us children of God is a reward. We are going to see our Savior face to face. Disciples heard this, and the Bible says they were greatly astonished and asked, who then can be saved? You know, if, it, if the rich are having a difficult time. Now, what was happening here? The disciples were looking at things from a worldly point of view. Now, keep this in mind. And the Lord is just dealing with me on this. And I've been preaching this about 30 years, and the Lord is showing me this now. Most of us in the natural feel like the rich can do about what? 
anything they want. The rich can get the cars they want to drive. The rich can get the houses they want to live in. A lot of times the rich can get the women that they want to have relations with. The rich can get the clothes that they want. So so from a natural perspective, we kind of see the rich. We, you know, as human beings, we see the rich as being privileged. We see the rich as being able to enjoy some pleasantries and some fineries that we can't we can't involve in. You know, I can't I can't I can't uh go get on my in my private jet and go nowhere because I don't have one. I don't even know what that's like. I can't go go to my yacht. Somebody talking about Michael Jordan was out on his yacht, uh, $200 million yacht or something. I can't go get on no, my, my $200 million yacht. I don't have one. So most of us be feeling like, you know, the rich, man, they can they can do just what Jesus come in and said that it's, it's hard for them to get in. So with their natural and their carnal minds, the, the disciples are saying, then, then if the rich can't do it, who can? They were astonished. Who who then can be saved? Rich folk, we normally see them doing about anything they want, and they can't do this, then who? What about little old us, little old fishermen, little old tax collectors, little old us who... Jesus looked at them and said, with man, it is impossible. Jesus said, look, without God, it is going to be impossible for you. It's hard for the rich, saved or unsaved. It's hard. But without God, it's impossible. Jesus said, Let, let's, let's, let's understand that reality. That whether you are rich or whether you are poor, without God, you're not going to make it in. Yeah, it's going to be some rich folk in hell, but it's going to be some poor folk there too. Yeah, it's going to be some white folk in hell, but it's going to be some black folk too. Yeah, it's going to be some congregation members in hell, but then God say it's going to be some pastors too. God is an equal opportunity thrower into hell. God meaning God will throw you into hell if you black or if you white. God will throw you in. See, a lot of us look at the scripture where the Bible talks about, you know, how that God will save you, whether you are barbarian or Scythian, slave or free, male or female. All that means is that God will save you. That don't mean that, 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 that we can just do anything. You know, you, don't, you can't be out hollering you want to get pregnant because uh, you, you a man, you a saved man, and you can do anything a woman can do. No, you can't. No, I don't know how you get so twisted up like that. So now you're going to try, you're trying to get pregnant. You want, you want to have a baby. No, God will fix them. No, you can't. That just means that God will save you, whether you're barbarian or whether you're Scythian, whether you're slave, whether you're free, whether you're male, whether you're female, whether you're Jew or, or, or Gentile. God will save you. Don't twist, don't twist your scripture up. But the same way God will save you, whether you belong to any of these groups, understand that God will throw you into hell whether you belong to any of these groups. Some of you all out there understand my voice, you feel like little children, they die, they automatically go to heaven. That ain't, I ain't seen that in Scripture. Anybody? Anybody seen that in Scripture? You automatically go to heaven because you're a little child and die? I watched a thing on the internet today. 72 of the, according to this, this thing, of the worst human beings that ever lived uh, pictures of them when they were children. Oh, they had all kind of characters. Hitler, little Hitler. 
I used to remember I used to tell y'all, somebody bounced Hitler on their knee. They had a picture, a little Hitler, just as cute as a button. Grew up to kill millions and millions of folk. They got him estimated at about 11 million in the article. Mussolini, Stalin, you know, Ted Bundy, serial killers, jokers, killing folk, doing all kinds of kind of little children. This is cute. And little little outfits and little, just as cute. And then they got a picture of them when they had grown up and let the devil use them to eat folk and cannibalize folk and using folk for all kind of satanic rituals and, and, and killing sprees and all kind of stuff. You got like a before and after. Well, don't you know that 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 when Hitler was two, God knew that when he grew up, he was going to do what he did. That's why we want to be very, very careful with this. Who is going to heaven and who is ain't. That is God's what? Business. That's God's decision. And it's going to be some surprises because remember, God choose the foolish things of the earth to confound the wise. Them that you just knew, you just knew the bishop was going to heaven. God be like, no, nah, not necessarily. Just know that sister so-and-so was going to heaven as devout as she was, never missed it. God said, not necessarily. Jesus looked at him and said, with man, this is impossible. In other words, this salvation business, this entering into the kingdom of God, with man, y'all trying to do it on your own and in your own strength, never be done. It will never be done. We need help to be saved. That's why one of the one of the, the titles of the Holy Spirit is the what? Helper. A helper. Jesus looked at him and said, with man, we're talking about now, now, unless God intervene. God got to get into this salvation process. That's why the Bible talks about he who begun or began or what? Good work in you. See, God got to start the work. God got to start the salvation work in you. God got to do it. He who began a good work in you will what? Bring it to completion. God got to start it in you. God got to bring it to completion in you. And you can't, you can't bring to completion anything that has not been started. Mm-mm. You cannot raise a child that has not been born. You cannot tend to a vision that has not been birthed. Let's God intervene. God got to get that process started in you. And the Bible tells us that if you will confess with your mouth and believe in your heart the Lord Jesus and that God has raised him from the dead, God will start. God will intervene in your life. God will perform a divine intervention. See, a lot of times people be on drugs or people be, you know, addicted to alcohol and different things. Loved ones will come in and they'll do an intervention. You've heard of an intervention. Sometimes social workers, you know, people not raising their children properly, living in squalor and doing all kinds of things. Social workers have to go in and do a what? Intervention. God, if you're not saved under the sound of my voice, God need to do it. And you need to let God do an intervention in your life. You wonder why we praise him. You wonder why we worship him. You wonder why we love him. You wonder why. Because God performed an intervention in our lives. 
Jesus Christ is God's intervention in man's life so that man don't have to destroy himself. With man, it's impossible. You can't save yourself. No matter how good you try to be, no matter how right you try to be, no matter how many rules you try, you will bust hell wide open. But with God, all things are possible. With God. All now, I don't. I don't take God's adjectives lightly. I don't take God's adjectives. Adjectives are descriptive words. Remember, conjunction, junction, schoolhouse rock. Those, those were those were uh, uh, conjunctions. But an adjective is a descriptive descriptive word. You imagine that's about 30, about 40, 40 plus years, and that that stuff. I, I wish they still put that stuff on TV because it still stick with me after forty some years. What an adjective is, what a conjunction is. Little catchy. It was a little thing that used to come on TV back when we watched TV on Saturday morning back in the early seventies. You know, and still stick with me. Adjective, descriptive word. You talk about a bear. That's one thing. But then if you come in and say he was a hairy bear or he was a scary bear, now you have put that adjective. You, 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 you've, you, you put an adjective with it. Now you're giving a little more description of what kind of bear. Well, you say, all right, Apostle Brian is a man. Okay. But then you come in and say, all right, Apostle Brian is a black man. Now you're saying something. Apostle Brian is a tall man. Oh, now you're saying something. Apostle Brian is a preacher. Now, you, you, don't put a, you don't put an adjective. You don't put an adjective. With God, all things. If, if it just said with God things are possible, that might mean some stuff that's not possible. But because the, the adjective, all, that means whatever you can imagine is possible with God. Hallelujah. Now, without God, what we say, some things remain impossible. Now, if you don't have God in your life, it's some things that's impossible for you. But with God, I just want to encourage you tonight. Let God do let God get God in the mix and all things become with God Moses' staff turned into a snake. With God, Peter walked on water. With God, Jesus turned water into wine. With God, the widow at Zarephath covers the ward ran dry. With God. Heaven smile on you all. Since you can reach us through email at thechristianserenrich at gmail.com, check our website www.archurch.com backslash member backslash t backslash tccc. Feel free to join us on TalkShoe, Speak us YouTube and iTunes and daily on TalkShoe call 7959. On Spreecast, type in Robert Bryan on YouTube and the Christian Serenrich Church channel. You can see excerpts of a Bryan on YouTube. Donations should be sent by using, using the donation button on the church website or our TalkShoe homepage. God bless you and heaven smile on you. In Jesus' name, amen.